This is Kick-Ass News. I'm Ben Mathis. Hi, I'm Ben Mathis, and welcome to Kick-Ass News. Have you ever wondered why some 60-year-olds look and feel like 40-year-olds? And why some 40-year-olds look and feel like 60-year-olds? While many factors contribute to aging and illness, Dr. Elizabeth Blackburn discovered a biological indicator called telomerase, the enzyme that replenishes telomeres which protect our genetic heritage. Her research shows that the length and health of one's telomeres are a biological underpinning of the long-hypothesized mind-body connection. Sleep quality, exercise, diet, and even certain chemicals profoundly affect our telomeres, and chronic stress, negative thoughts, strained relationships, and even the wrong neighborhoods can eat away at them and shorten our lifespans. But Dr. Blackburn and her colleagues have found that changes we can make to our daily habits can protect our telomeres and increase the number of years we remain healthy, active, and disease-free. Today we'll dig into the science of telomeres and longevity and the factors that shorten or extend our lives with Dr. Elizabeth Blackburn. In 2009, Dr. Blackburn received the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine along with her two colleagues for their discovery of telomerase and telomeres' role in the aging process. She's currently president of the Salk Institute for Biological Studies, and she was elected president of the American Association for Cancer Research. Dr. Blackburn is the recipient of the Albert Lasker Basic Medical Research Award, among many other awards, and in 2007, she was named one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. Together with health psychologist Dr. Alyssa Eppel, Blackburn recently co-authored a book about her work called The Telomere Effect, a revolutionary approach to living younger, healthier, longer and today she'll explain what telomeres are and how they affect how we age. She'll discuss how stress shortens our telomeres and in turn shortens our longevity, going back as far as our childhood and even to the womb. She'll share how everything from your marriage to where you live affects your longevity and some tricks you can use to change your perspective, de-stress, and keep life's worries from shortening your life. She'll give her two cents on trendy tests that you can take to measure your own telomeres and supplements that actually claim to extend telomeres and how when it comes to telomere growth, you can get too much of a good thing. Coming up with Nobel Prize winner Dr. Elizabeth Blackburn in just a moment. Dr. Elizabeth Blackburn received the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine in 2009 alongside her two colleagues for the discovery of telomerase and telomeres' role in the aging process. She is currently president of the Salk Institute. Blackburn was elected president of the American Association for Cancer Research and is the recipient of the Albert Lasker Basic Medical Research Award, among many other awards. In 2007, she was named one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. She recently co-authored a book with health psychologist Dr. Alyssa Eppel called The Telomere Effect, A Revolutionary Approach to Living Younger, Healthier, and Longer. Dr. Blackburn, thanks so much for taking time to meet with me. My pleasure. Let's explain. What exactly are telomeres and 
what happens to them as we age? Yes. So What's so, that process? So, so if you think about genetic material, it's, it's in bundles of DNA called chromosomes. And the chromosomes have two ends. They're linear. And at the ends, the telomeres are little protective caps. And I like the analogy that they're like those little protective caps at the ends of your shoelaces. <laughs> the little because plastic, you've yeah. got it. And uh, those, uh, if you don't have them, if they get too short, they fall off, then the uh, shoelace or the chromosome is no longer protected and frays away, right? And almost literally for the chromosome. And so that can wow. have very bad effects on, on cells. And so the cells send out an alarm signal. They signal the cell it's time to die, but it also signals the cells not only to not replenish, but signals them to send out alarm signals, which unfortunately can be pro-inflammatory, even pro-tumorigenic. Hmm. So this happens at the cell level and the well-known you know, biological research results in the biology side of things. The question was how did this play out in human lives? So a whole combination of research, you know, I won't go into all the technicalities, but it's just a really large body of research says, hey, this actually does play into our human lives because we need that tissue replenishment, we need our Cell, you know, cells to be not sending out alarm signals all the time <laughs> to stay healthy because that can play into these long-term uh, diseases. And, you know, even our immune system's ability to keep us from getting sick mm -hmm. uh, because those cells can get senescent. We tend to think of aging as a foregone conclusion. Are you saying that perhaps aging is something that we have a lot more control over than we previously realized? That was the very interesting thing, yes. It, it certainly has aspects that we can't control. Maybe in the future we'll be able to, but that's going to be a lot more science and understanding down the road. But there are already aspects that today people can control and can be actually very empowered about without having to rely on you know, a lot of external uh, uh, you know, effects, although we found that external circumstances can play quite dramatically into people's, um, you know, how it plays into their um, psychological well-being, in turn affects their telomere maintenance by, by pathways that we understand. Stress mm -hmm. hormones have real effects on telomerase, the enzyme that replenishes telomeres. That in turn, over time, accumulates into effects on telomere maintenance. Your cells get old, they get senescent, they start producing things that, for one thing, increase inflammation. Your tissues don't yeah. replenish. Those things play into these diseases of aging. It's just a fascinating yeah. biology, and it takes a long time in us humans. But we live a long time. You know, <laughs> There's a lot of time for these very small yeah. changes to accumulate. That was what was so exciting, to see it played out in actual human lifetimes and the effects start accumulating very early. It's not just suddenly you're old. So you can essentially, with some good habits and he yes, healthier yes. lifestyle perhaps, yes. you can replenish those telomeres, perhaps even reverse that yes. fraying on that lace, you, so to speak. Yes, you see the enzyme yeah. telomerase does build the telomeres back up. And mm -hmm. so it's all a very, very complex body th balance. Mm -hmm. and, and, and thereby hangs an interesting tale because... 
Um, when I said tissues replenish, that sounds good to replenish, you know, our skin and our gut and our hair, right, hair pigment, right. but it is not good to replenish cancer cells or cells that are going right. to become <laughs> cancer. Yeah. So what hmm. the research has also shown is don't push this too far because there's a certain risk of cancers. But overall, 40,000 foot up view, better to maintain your telomeres. Yeah. But we we are very cautious about using any kind of untested way to try and push up your telomeres because we don't know enough about when that will get into the danger zone. But we, do, we know there's a danger zone of too much telomerase because it huh. can let the cells that we don't want multiplying, cells that are precancerous or cancerous, mm -hmm. multiply. And you may not know this for a long time. You know, cancers take up right. you know, decades, years and years to develop. So we don't want th things to be going on in us, upping our risks. So, so that's yeah. why we say the lifestyle things. Believe me, exercise has never been shown to cause cancer. <laughs> <laughs> now, so we say go yeah. for the things that have measurable effects in right. studies. Well, yeah, I'm curious about what you just said, because they do have supplements now that are claiming to lengthen our telomeres. Is that something that one would want to be skeptical of or I, might I, even I, be dangerous in terms uh, of cancer? Both, both of those. Both of those. Wow. <laughs> Un, it's unknown territory. Yeah. And because our human, you know, things play out over such a long time frame, it's going to be very hard to know if they're safe. So, mm -hmm. So that's why we say... You are so empowered to do all the things that we know are safe over, you know, yeah. as I say, exercise never caused any cancer that I'm aware of. <laughs> now, put a sun hat on, you know, when you're exercising. <laughs> right. We, we do have to think of, you know, sun-induced melanomas and things. But but um, that that's, that's where we're at. And so yeah. the telomere measures done in populations and studies and cohorts let you quantify how effective the exercise mm -hmm. is. So it's quite a useful... Yeah. overall readout and guidepost for an intervention like an exercise or lifestyle intervention. You can use it as a readout okay. and it'll be a good kind of reliable readout. Okay. Well, a lot of these things such as managing stress and exercising, eating better, getting enough sleep are things that have been recommended for years. Absolutely. What is the specific connection between these yes. habits and our telomeres? That was what was so interesting was that you know, we could now see that here was stress changing our stress hormone balances, changing how the rhythms of those hormone stress hormones like cortisol. And we could see real effects on telomere maintenance. And then you could see, okay, well, what does that translate into in terms of disease risks? Mm -hmm. So there's the connections through our very complex body. You can see, you know, if you will, stress coming in, right? It gets processed by us, our brains. We we do something about it, and that's where we put in the book. And my colleague Elisa Apple's real expertise is in, you know, what are the interventions for really just giving people tools to cope with stress, mm -hmm. and then, then, you know, the readouts of those you can see for telomere maintenance. So you can see a connection between that. And, okay, you will lower disease risks. People have long known that stress is one of the big risk factors for, for example, cardiovascular disease, which remains a big world killer. And maybe for other diseases as well, nobody had thought to look. So it's going to get very interesting. And I think now, you know, there are many things just beginning now about how we can understand what goes on in our complicated human yeah. body.
Now, I, I've seen some research more recently about meditation. Yes. Yeah. That scientists and doctors agree that Absolutely. it does have very good effects on your longevity yes. and your overall health. Yes. Is that something that has an effect on one's telomeres? Yes. We've looked in various uh, studies. They've been small so far, but they've each had real kind of study advantages in terms of certain strengths of the um, nature of the study. And, and they all point in the same direction. And, and, you know, a fascinating one came out of University of California, Los Angeles, where people who are caring for a relative with dementia, and that's a long-term stressful situation, yeah. and they were able to improve their capacity to maintain telomeres just by doing a few months of a certain meditation, you know, I think it was 12 minutes daily even, a particular one, you know, so things, yeah. and we're not saying one particular meditation because other kinds have been shown to have other kinds of mm -hmm. very salutary effects. But the interesting thing was that you could read them out and uh, huh. one big study we did, the uh, study looked at what were called the immeasurables, which are things, you know, very important things like meaning in life and how they changed during a three-month intervention, which was a very intensive meditation intervention. Fascinatingly, that was related to improvement in telomere maintenance capacity. Wow. So, so you put things that have been hard to grasp yeah. into forms that now we can actually quantify. Pessimism, just right across the gradient, correlates with telomere shortness in two independent cohorts that we studied. So, so there's a lot to wow. learn about our bodies, but putting things in concrete form mm -hmm. like, yeah, these are these shoelace ends yeah. <laughs> fraying down on our precious <laughs> chromosomes here, uh, and because you can put numbers statistically on it, yeah. it gives it a kind of, um, you know, I like to say, you know, if you can quantify it, you can start to do mm -hmm. science and be very yeah. critical about it. So it actually lends some science to this long-believed idea that there was a mind-body connection. And there's always been a mind-body connection. Mm -hmm. It's just that it's been a very complex one. And so medical science tended to say, well, let's deal with the emergency thing. Let's deal with the broken right. legs. Let's deal with the, you know, the infections. I mean, there's some really yeah. serious stuff we have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And now medical science has been very successful in a lot of that. We can now start to say, okay, let's take on the really hard ones. Mm -hmm. You know, the long-term non-communicable diseases, our mental uh, health and well-being. Let's take on the tough ones yeah. because wow. we have tools where we can start to assess whether something will or won't work. So it's very exciting days. And, you know, the science behind all of this just keeps on getting more and more, um, you know, uh, intrinsically interesting and uh, just reveals more and more. Yeah, and you just mentioned this study into people who were coping with a relative with dementia. Yes. Is that the type of situation that definitely damages our telomeres? What's fascinating is that how people perceive this situation is a okay. big determinant. Mind over body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And okay. so being able to get tools to mm -hmm. to do that, because not everybody is automatically going to say, well, this is just wonderful. Yeah. But if they can turn the situation, and again, our book, uh, the book that Alyssa Apple and I wrote, really sort of, really talks about, well, you know, of course stresses are real, but you can find tools that you can at least cope with them and turn the situation around in, in your head because it was so fascinating to see that perception of stress was correlated with shorter telomeres. Hmm. Perception seems such a 
um, sort of ephemeral term, and yet here it was just related to this very concrete measure. Yeah, and in the book you throw out some interesting mind tricks to uh, trick yourself into not being quite so stressed. Yes. What are some yes. of those tricks that you can use? Yes. Well, my my colleague Alyssa Apple was the real expert in here, mm. and uh, but but they were certain things, you know, visualizing a situation in, in a different way and thinking about it as a challenge. You know, th certain ways that you can do yourself, not really trick yourself, but just mm -hmm. kind of come at it from another angle, from the one that you might have habitually been used to doing, but saying there is another way to look at this. No, this is not just a wonderful thing, but there's a way I can see, I can draw some strength from it, there's tools I can use to sort of, you know, get me through the day, <laughs> and, uh, and, and just to know that you have a bit more power than you thought you had because sometimes people have habitually gotten into a mode of thinking, sort of spirals on and if you can kind of see, aha, it's okay to get out of that mode. You also talk about relationships that support telomeres. Yes. Is it better to be single, married, have kids, have a lot of friends, or a few close friends? What, yes, what did you yes. Find the there? findings was, was, was really the meaningfulness of the relationships and mm -hmm. so all of those uh, situations you know you can think about those in terms of you know what 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 has meaning so you know you can have lots of good friends or lots of acquaintances or a few you know i think it's all what it actually means to the person so there's no one one formula um okay. you know but there are statistics that say certainly people who are in neighborhoods where they don't feel safe where they don't have an environment around them really? where they can trust their neighbors if that goes on day in and day out, that correlated with shorter telomeres, even after one um, corrected for all of the possible other things that there might have been wow. related to that, like you know income level and illness level and things like that. So, so oh. these are really serious kinds of things that our minds are always incorporating into our well-being, and that has these physiological readouts. So there's real power to change other people's telomeres is what <laughs> what we really conclude. You know, we're very interconnected socially. Mm -hmm. No surprise there. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but it's so interesting to see how it can relate to other people's telomere maintenance. Yeah. Um, is stress the biggest factor? Is You talk about nutrition and exercise. Is yes. there one that is an overriding factor? You know, it's, it's tricky because they interact. So I'll, mm -hmm. I'll just give you an example. I'm not going to be able to answer your question, but <laughs> But exercise, as I said, you know, that has salutary effects and you can mm -hmm. see it in all sorts of studies. But if somebody is severely chronically stressed, it turned out that having exercise in their lives, and it didn't have to be much, you know, 15 minutes a day of, you know, sort of brisk mm -hmm. exercise, you know, that was enough to really substantially buffer what the stress would be otherwise be doing to your telomeres. Uh, in fact, when we looked at it, very roughly speaking, you say exercise was twice as good for your telomeres if you were in a stressed state okay. than if you wow. weren't. Really? It's still good. It's still good. It's just but that when you're, if you're yes, if you're in a more sensitized sort of situation of being in this chronic stress. So that's the kind of thing where okay. it really interacts. Okay. And sometimes we look at exercise and in combination yeah. with a bunch of other habits and then you see this combination. So that's yeah. that's those studies are just beginning to get yeah. powerful enough to not just look at one thing at a time, but to see, you know, what are the good combinations? Mm -hmm.
We're going to take a quick break, and then I'll have more with Dr. Elizabeth Blackburn when we come back in just a minute. Let me ask you this. Uh, you know, if you worry about telomeres, how do you keep from stressing about your telomeres? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, well, I, 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 to me it's very empowering, <laughs> which is to say, uh, wow, I know there are things I can do. Mm-hmm. I, I walk to work. I'm privileged to be able to walk to work. Not everybody can do yeah. that. But um, I like to say if you have a lot, you know, if many of us have a short lunchtime, mm-hmm. well, but you can run up and down the stairs a few times. That cumulatively, mm-hmm. you know, it won't instantly drop all those pounds off in one month or anything, mm-hmm. but it'll cumulatively have effects. So, we, you know, just doing small things over and over, they really add up. Yeah. So it's habits. It's not yeah. like, okay. you know, amazingly <laughs> overdoing it at the gym for three months and then just giving up in despair. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I, I wonder, because they have evidence that, for instance, marathon runners have a higher incidence of cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is there such a thing as over-pushing yourself physically that can affect our telomeres The data, Yeah, the data have been mostly on other sorts of readouts of mm-hmm. overdoing it, and there's a lot of data on athletes really overdoing it. We didn't need telomeres to tell you that. <laughs> I think the telomere um, relationship, you know, longer telomeres, I think the better way of thinking about it is is it does relate to fitness levels. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, being a good marathoner, you will have a degree of fitness, which, which is the important yeah. factor. But it was very interesting, a study of several thousand people in the U.S., not specially healthy, you know, specialized population, it was clear that the more categories of exercise somebody did, just long, you know, one, two, three, four categories, your telomeres were just longer and longer and longer. You know, really? yeah. So CrossFit is good. Yes, Something it like was that. really mixing interesting. And okay. just mixing it up. So, you know, three. And they could be things like moderate exercise, vigorous exercise, or, um, you know, weight training, or um, uh, cycling and walking to work, mm. they categorized. And you just mixed them up, and one was, you know, one, okay, two better, three, a little bit better, four a bit better. So something that we know already. The mixing it up is pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Now, I'm sure for individuals. And also good for the brain. And also good for the brain. It's clear that Alzheimer's risk is diminished in people who have had exercise mm-hmm. habits. And genetically, people who have a disposition to have longer telomeres because of the very genes that we know are dedicated to telomere maintenance, having small variations in the population, the people with longer telomeres have less risk of Alzheimer's and of, and of cardiovascular disease. Now, these are, these are not huge effects, and it's not the only thing going on, but it is clearly discernible. So that just says it's one of the factors that... Yeah. matters but wow. it's not the only one mm-hmm. we have a lot going on in our lives but at least it's one we yeah. can we can feel we've got some handle yeah. on understanding yeah that's yeah. all well, so at least you know at least we've got something yeah. to <laughs> no so i don't stress out about yeah. my telomeres because <laughs> okay. i figure you know i'm actually you know m- motivated by mm. knowing about it yeah you know it 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 gives me some sort of sense about a kind of yeah. guidelines, but I'm not crazy fanatic yeah. about it, I have to tell you. 
<laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is, you know, if ever there was someone who I would think should have short telomeres, it's U.S. presidents. But mm -hmm. ex-presidents mm -hmm. in America seem to have very, very long lives. Oh, I would think they've had incredible, <laughs> you know, first of all, care. <laughs> uh, no, no, much no. more. Look, they have had a life with purpose and meaning. Okay. They oh, have done. And in our study with the... Um, uh, meditators, it was fascinating, the change in their purpose of life that really? they felt uh, the begin at the end versus the beginning was correlated with better telomere maintenance capacity. They've had a life where a lot of people very much, you know, have, uh, you know, some support, some not, but they, 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 they have real meaning in life. Mm -hmm. They have challenge stress. They have okay. real challenges. Of course. So the stress so, and then the stress. And our book is really clear about challenge stress yeah. is no problem for telomeres. It's threat stress. Right. That is okay. the tough one. And, okay. and in short-term threats, yeah, of course you want to respond. <laughs> but long-term regarding life as a threat, sadly, yeah. that's the bad part. So I'm not at okay. all surprised that presidents okay. do just fine because they have, you know, they've inured themselves with lots of good threat. Okay. Uh, sorry, challenge, so, stress. So stress <laughs> avoiding stress is, is not necessarily you the can't. answer. You, you, you can't don't want avoid to just sit stress. and spend the rest of your life reading a book in, <laughs> under a tree or something. In fact, you'd probably get very frustrated. You yeah. wouldn't have a great purpose in life if right. you... Well, maybe you would, depending on the book. But yeah. Tell, the telomere effect. The telomere effect. There you are. Now, there's a book yeah. that will make you. Well, I mentioned earlier one of the most interesting things about this is that you say that cellular aging begins in the womb. What yes. kind of things can happen to the unborn child that prematurely age them before they're even born? Well, the data, which was with collaborators, Patik Gwadwar, um, at UC Irvine, and Sonia Entredur and others. So, so the data were that women who had low vitamin B12, low folate, during a critical time in their period of, um, uh, you know, when the baby is in a certain stage of development, mm -hmm. and the babies were born with shorter telomeres, and moms who oh. had very severe levels of stress. Again, their baby's telomeres were statistically shorter. Really? And so there's two two things that we know of. Um, so that, you know, immediately says, well, we should think again, something we know already. We knew this. It's important to make sure moms are well looked after. Mm -hmm. You know, so we have to think of prenatal um, care. We have to prioritize that because that's the next generation. And we do know that even a parent with very short telomeres, because of a genetic defect, can pass the short telomeres onto their baby. And even though they don't pass the genetic defect, the defect in a gene to the baby, the telomeres in the baby have started off so short that the baby gets some of the risks for diseases and gets some of the diseases that you get when you have the genetic defect that causes the short telomeres. So this is a big responsibility that, again, yeah. we knew we're handing on to next <laughs> generation. <laughs> no, well, it's just, but again, it's all the same things. Yeah. It just, yeah. it just says another thing to be aware yeah. of. Yeah, stressing yeah. is not. It's, it's a challenge, right? Let's, a challenge. That's let's, right. Well, let's that's improve. Look at it. Let's yeah. look at our policies <laughs> and say, make sure we we do the right thing for yeah. 
you know, for for supporting uh, yeah. moms to be in moms because these are these are effects that really are lifelong. They're cumulative yeah. over lives. So there's no special time in your life that's, you know, one that can just be neglected. Right. right. You also say that we need to protect children from violence and trauma that damages that telomeres. Was, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Would you include entertainment such as video games and violent movies or TV in that as well? I don't know that that has ever been studied, okay. so, so I don't know. So sadly, the kinds of violence which has been studied, unfortunately, was actual Physical violence, violence yeah. to the children. And this is, this is a very tragic set of things that goes on and, exp and very interesting exposure to bullying, exposure to racism, those also have been seen quantifiably. But interestingly, um, what you're talking about, um, to my knowledge, I haven't, I'm not aware of any studies, so I just don't yeah. know the answer. Are children more vulnerable to stress? You know, than that's a tough, adults? yeah, that's a tough one to answer. And, it, you know, it's because it's all context. Right. I don't really know. Um, as one goes from birth to kindergarten, in mm -hmm. fact, quite a lot of natural telomere shortening happens. Really? Yeah. And so against that context, you know, what would we call more and less? Yeah. It sort of yeah. slows down throughout our next decades right. of life. It's still drifting downwards, but at very variable rates. Mm -hmm. so, so it's a little bit hard to <laughs> say. But again, you know, all the other reasons why you would protect children Mm -hmm. from from things that perhaps adults might be more resilient to which seems to be you know quite apart right. from any telomere research <laughs> that would just make good yeah. sense to do and it's just another kind of quantifiable piece of evidence that says you know for all something we already know is something we need to protect children from you know it's just another way of saying hey this really enforces the message they have commercial tests that are available now for telomere length I think that someone said that they range about a hundred to five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm, Should mm -hmm. everyone get their telomere links no, tested? No, no, no. They shouldn't. Um, no. Uh, and uh, and um, you know, I I was one of the co-founders of such a company, but we mm -hmm. gave away, as was my co-author, and we just gave away our um, our equity to a non-profit. We just took ourselves completely out of the picture I see. because we just thought it's actually not really necessary for individuals. All of the really? data come from cohort studies and um, studies of groups of people and populations. And the analogy is, uh, let, let, let's give you an analogy, because you'd have it tested in order to know what to do. But mm -hmm. those studies are very extensive. We know a lot about what to do with telomeres, okay. <laughs> based on telomeres. And, uh, and so... Like smoking is not based on you having right. to have a lung biopsy to say, <laughs> well, maybe I'll stop yeah. smoking. We know it from a lot of data. Now, at some point, uh, so, so uh, you know, a 30-year-old you know, more often than not has telomeres the same length as an 80-year-old, okay? So just, really? you know, realize that, okay. that, you know, that's, that's the way it is. This is a very variable thing. It's when you look at it statistically and start really analyzing statistically robust data, that's when all of these recommendations come out. Now, okay. down the line, who knows, precision medicine, once you start combining it with right, other parameters, 
maybe it's valuable, but it, uh -huh. at the moment there's nothing there right now. Okay. So it won't hurt you to have your telomeres <laughs> measured. I mean, you know, it's not going to do you any damage, but <laughs> but uh, but telomeres drift up and down mm -hmm. statistically. So so you know, it's it's at the stage where it'll be just confusing for an individual. <laughs> it might be fun to look at it, but it's yeah. not going to tell you anything. You really have to look at the data yeah. coming out of statistical robust well-conducted studies with enough people to get some kind of power because we you know we, we do lots of variation in our lives and it's 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 hard to interpret anything yeah. from one person yeah so that's my take okay. on it i read that you wrote this book somewhat out of frustration that the health implications of your research into telomeres wasn't reaching beyond the academic circles so you teamed up with a psychologist named dr Alyssa Eppel. What perspective did she bring to this book and to your research that allowed you as a team to reach a wider audience? Well, we had, we had been working um, on many collaborative projects since about the year 2000. Uh, it wasn't for so much frustration as excitement because there'd just been this building, building kind of tidal wave of data and information and understanding that here was something the attrition of telomeres going on through the decades of human life and you could start to really see measurable effects on what we really care about which is our health and our well-being and the very exciting part was that Alyssa Apple's work when her expertise is on the effect of severe chronic psychological stress on human you know our human mind's health and our human body's health and we could see that that was having effects for good and bad, depending on what situation and how people coped with it, it was having effects on telomeres that we could quantify. And a lot of research had cumulatively shown, sort of built up this clear picture. And there were so many different aspects to it because it's all throughout our bodies. So we call it different diseases, you know, heart, <laughs> diabetes, but they're all playing in together. So we thought we should integrate it into a book. You've been a supporter of uh, human embryonic stem cell research. Um, is that somewhere where they might be able to replenish telomeres um, artificially? So, so when I say supporter, you know, the okay. sense was that this is a valuable line of research. Right. We don't want to just cut off valuable lines of research. Sure. You know, rather put them under appropriate regulations. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, here's an analogy, you know. You can take a pencil and turn it into something like a web. You can jab somebody's eyes out with a pencil. <laughs> Do we ban pencils? No, we put regulations around how yeah. we use them. Yeah. So, so that was my, my sense. Okay. Uh, embryonic stem cells happen to be really good at maintaining their telomeres very robustly. And, uh, but that's not surprising. They're young. They replenish very, very well. So they have all of the maintenance capacity, mm -hmm. plenty of telomerase, plenty of capacity to maintain their telomeres. Uh, but in general, I, I think... When there's promising lines of research, it's better to look at them, regulate them mm -hmm. appropriately, and, and, and you know, not cut us off from the sorts of knowledge that could be beneficial to humans. Mm -hmm. We're going to wrap up here, but speaking of that, uh, how do you feel about President Trump and his attitude towards science so far? Well, I think any country should look at the value of doing research and see how the long-term effects of investing in research have played out and they have played out very very well for you know 
just increasing economies, for increasing so many beneficial things, the health benefits of investing in research, which the U.S. has done for decades, has, you know, it's been really, really clear that this is a, a worthwhile investment. So, so I would just say this is something, you know, all nations should look at and say, you know, this is something useful for humankind to do. Don't don't drop it. <laughs> right. Don't drop the, the don't drop the ball here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is fascinating research. Again, the book is called The Telomere Effect: A Revolutionary Approach to Living Younger, Healthier, and Longer. Dr. Elizabeth Blackburn, thanks so much for sitting down with me. Thank you, Ben. Thanks again to Dr. Elizabeth Blackburn for joining me. You can order The Telomere Effect, a revolutionary approach to living younger, healthier, longer on Amazon. Or download the audio version for free with a special offer just for our listeners at audibletrial.com slash kickassnews. You can learn more at telomereeffect.com or on Twitter at at telomereeffect. Be sure to subscribe to Kickass News on iTunes and leave us a review while you're there. Don't forget to take our listener survey. It only takes five minutes at podsurvey.com slash kick. You can visit Kickass News on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at at kickassnewspod. And be sure to recommend Kickass News to your friends on your social media. And if you really want to help out, then donate to our GoFundMe campaign at gofundme.com slash kickassnews or click on the donate button at kickassnews.com. As always, I welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions at comments at kickassnews.com. For now, though, I'm Ben Mathis, and thanks for listening to Kickass News. Kick-Ass News is a trademark of Mathis Entertainment, Inc.